25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yeah! Hey, everybody. What's up? How are y'all on Monday? What up? I'm Matt. Live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, say it with me. Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast and friendly service. And I stay connected to you around the clock, not just while I'm on the air here with you, but around the clock, tweeting and uploading and posting and videoing and publishing and vlogging and streaming. What am I leaving out? All those things and more. I'm able to stay connected to you because of uh, C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire is customer inspired. Nine times out of 10, I'm using my C Spire iPhone 8 Plus. Hey, Roger, I got one for you here. You know, I've been playing the Mr. Rogers Neighborhood thing. I got one for you, though. Uh-oh. Check this out. Listen to the first lyric. Was it June, another sleepy, dusty yes, sir. Day. A sleepy, dusty Delta day on a third of June. I was out chopping cotton and my brother. You know who sang this song, Roger? Jenny C. Riley. Close. <laughs> Bobby Gentry. That's right. Bobby, Bobby Lee Gentry. She was born as Roberta Lee Streeter in Woodland, Mississippi in 1942. Here it is. This, this is my stomping grounds up there. Today, Billy Joe McAllister jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge. How about that? I'd get spooked every time. We'd have to travel over that bridge almost every day. Uh-huh. That river runs a good way. Yeah. <laughs> I may be crazy. Y'all can help me out, but I think they made a movie. They did. Based on the song. Yeah. Basically. There's a lot going on in that song when you unpack it. Oh, man. Lower 40, I've got to plow. Mama said it was a shame about Billy Joe anyhow. Anyway, yeah, it's a very, it's a spooky song, but uh, it's kind of a classic. It's, it smells like Mississippi, man. It really does. It really does. All right, so I just got a tweet from Mo Dirt Dog. That says uh, that she is his cousin, Roberta Lee Streeter, but she, her, you know, her stage name, if you want to call it that, being uh, Bobby Gentry, born in Woodland, Mississippi. Where is Woodland, Roger? 
Where is that? Let me check it out. Hold on. See, I don't know where it is. Um, <clears throat> it's is Woodland up there by? Is that where? Uh, yeah, Woodland Furniture up yeah, there, exactly. close to. So it's just outside of Houston, right? In Chickasaw yeah, County. It's just down seventy from Tupelo. Right. I've been there, but I, it's been so many years I don't remember how I got there. But I do remember it was sort of closely related to, like, Houston. Houston is the county seat of Chickasaw County. That's where a lot of my wife's family is from. It's where her mother is from. Her grandparents still live there. It's not far from here in Tupelo where I live, and, I, and we go visit them a lot. Um, and yeah, south of Houston on 32. On Highway 32. So it would have to be in Chickasaw County, right there. Between That's Houston where she was born. And Matheson, if that helps you. Mm-hmm. The right where it is. Anyway, the song, that classic, iconic song, written and performed by a Mississippian, starts with the lyrics. It was the third of June. Just like this say. June, June the third. Anyway, saw that. The reason, you know how, I didn't even know. I didn't even think about it. But I follow on Twitter, Roger, one of the radio affiliates who carries this show. WVBG in Vicksburg, 1077 and 1490 AM. Mm -hmm. On Instagram, they are, um, let's see, let me make sure. On Instagram, they are Radio Vicksburg. And I follow them. And they posted it this morning. There's her picture. Let me tell you something right now. Tallahatchie River, and it said it was the 3rd of June, another sleepy, dusty Delta day. Yeah, so y'all follow Radio Vicksburg on Instagram if you don't already. All right. There was a lot going on this weekend. A lot going on this weekend. The high points for me, Roger, were that I, um, I got to see baseball in Starkville. And I got to see baseball in Oxford. Wow. So you had the noon, middle-of-the-day game on Friday in Starkville. You had the Friday night late game in Oxford. Went to that, saw the crowd, saw just you know a few innings and left. And then you had the Saturday game in Starkville. I went to that. And then I watched everything else on TV last night. The Let me start you off with this. The atmosphere at these games, it's, it's absurdly good. You know, in college baseball, it is, you know, just totally unique. Now, they have great atmosphere and huge crowds. At Baton, in Baton Rouge at Alex Box Stadium for LSU baseball games. You know, they've, they've set, they're up there on the list. State holds all the biggest crowds in college baseball history, but most consistently, most recently, it's Alex Box Stadium in Baton Rouge. It's not the newest. It's sort of new, but it's no longer the most up-to-date. It's not the prettiest, but it's a big crowd now, and they support it. And look, baseball's a big deal at LSU, and LSU is the only game in town in the state of Louisiana. They don't compete with any. They're the only SEC school, on and on and on. Arkansas, same way. They're the only thing. In Arkansas, everybody's a Razorback, period. There's nothing to choose from. 
Okay, and they have big crowds. They had nine, ten thousand a couple of their games, and it is. It's a relatively new stadium, and it's great. But the fact that here in the state of Mississippi, one of the smallest states in the country, it's not the there's a bunch that are smaller, but it's one of the smallest. Just a hair under three million people. You know, there's states like Utah and Wyoming. They don't even have a million people there. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not by by far not the smallest, but it's still, it's small population-wise compared to most of the rest of the country. And you have two SEC schools 90 miles apart putting 10, 11,000 people in the stands at every game this past weekend. 90 miles apart. There's just nothing else like it anywhere in the country. You know, the fan support and the atmospheres. And I got to tell you, this, this thing, um, and I'm not I'm not going to get into comparing the two. I don't care about that. You know, Ole Miss is a little different, the way it's laid out, and it's loud. It, you know, Ole Miss's stadium there at Swayze, it, it kind of sits down a little bit. It's in a little bit of a hole almost. You know, it's not like when you drive in on any side of that stadium, you go down the hill, down into the bottom to get to your seat. You know, so... It kind of traps the noise in there, and it is very loud. And this this deal at State, it's it beats all I've ever seen. Yeah, I've been to some Braves games. Of course, I haven't been to the new SunTrust, but the, the previous two stadiums were Braves games, and I went to some where it was some big crowds. I don't remember going to any Fulton County Stadium games where it was full way back when I was a kid, but went to a game at Turner once when it was – packed and it, it's it's incredible now but this atmosphere i know you're laughing because i'm comparing it to a pro thing but man i'm t- and look i went to the college world series i guess it was in 2013 when there were there were 23 25,000 people there for that mississippi state ucla thing and most of them were state fans most if not all and that's incredible Okay, Omaha at the College World Series full like that, especially when it's one fan base like it was with State, that, that's almost insurmountable in terms of electricity because of what's on the line and everything else. But short of that, this ballpark and this atmosphere at Mississippi State, obviously I've been there this year, a bunch of games. I, I've never seen anything like what it was like on Saturday night when State was – hosting Central Michigan in that game, that winner's bracket game. When you have a fan base that knows you're better and knows you're about to win, it's going to catapult you probably to winning your regional, which it did. It's just 360 degrees around that thing, people sitting and standing. And everywhere you look, there's something modern in your line of sight. (laughs) It's just incredible. I've never seen anything like that atmosphere at that Mississippi State game. Tanner Allen said after his first at-bat, he told Rowdy Jordan, look, man, you're going to get up there and get in the batter's box and your feet are going to be shaking. Just get ready for it. It's something else. I've never seen anything like it. And you now have both. State and Ole Miss advancing to play in Super Regionals this coming weekend, and they're both sitting there two wins away from Omaha. 
let me just go ahead and tell you something that's going to happen. Yes, Ole Miss goes on the road to Arkansas. Arkansas has been very good at home. You know who Arkansas can't beat at home? Ole Miss. Ole Miss has exponentially more success in Fayetteville in recent years than any other team. Chase Parham put it on Twitter. Ole Miss, the only team to win a series in Fayetteville the last three years. Ole Miss done it twice. You hear that? In the last three years, one team has gone to Fayetteville and won a series. And it's Ole Miss who's done it twice. State went up there and got swept this year. Ole Miss about to go win two games in Fayetteville. Y'all can just get ready for that. And State at home in front of what will be eleven to 12,000 people for each game this weekend is going to host either Stanford or Fresno State. Those two teams are playing each other here on Monday to figure out which one, the last game. And whichever one wins, that team will be coming to Starkville next weekend for the Super Regional. Mississippi State's about to win two out of those three games and go to Omaha. You're on the front end, and what I'm telling you the conversation will be one week from today, you're about to have Ole Miss and Mississippi State both in the College World Series. It's about to happen. Get ready for it. (laughs) Just go ahead and get geared up. And I have no earthly idea how the bracket works out in Omaha after the Super Regionals as far as who's placed where. Don't know. So don't care. we got a week to figure out to talk about it. State I took they care. Were trying to get rid of Bianco, man. Oh yeah, is that what you thought? Yeah, they're going to get rid. Too soon, didn't they? Roger, all of that was BS. Let me just tell you, there was I'll nothing. Be ashamed even bringing it up. Absolutely. If you're just tuning in, what Roger's touching on is there when prior to the SEC tournament, at the end of the regular season, Ole Miss lost some games. They got it started with getting swept at home by Mississippi State, and so what? happen right start chirping about we need a new coach and you know and then message board and social media stuff listen when i tell you nobody within 10 miles of a decision maker in oxford ever considered getting rid of mike bianco it's that simple that is an absolute 100% rock solid fact. Nobody within 10 miles of a decision maker in Oxford that matters even considered the possibility of removing Mike Bianco as a baseball coach. It's not a real thing, and it never was. And if anybody... I hope nobody throws money bags at him from some other school. There's a much greater chance... Roger, that he is their next athletics director, then there ever was a chance that he wouldn't be there. (laughs) And anybody who insinuated otherwise, and I don't care who they are, there, you know, and and Ole Miss, every school has this, but Ole Miss has more than their fair share of people out here on the streets and around the water cooler at work on Monday 
who, yeah, maybe they donate to the university and maybe they've been around, bought tickets, and who go around and talk as if they know stuff and start spreading all kind of rumors as if they have sources, as if they know and they're hearing from the back end. And about 99% of the time, it's all false. None of them know. And in this case, there were people doing that th- again. And it never was even a thing. You all speculate and create things, and then you want people to respond to it. <laughs> exactly, Nick. Thank you, Coach. Saban. All right. Uh, here's what it sounded like on the radio. Last night, Mississippi State beat Miami 5-2. to two. To advance, claim the regional, host a super. Here's what it sounded like on the radio with Jim Ellis on the call from Learfield IMG College. 2-2 pitch. Ball roll past the mound. Second baseman goes to get it. We'll have no play. It's an infield hit. A run scores. We're tied up. Stopping at third is Westberg. That was just a roller. The second baseman was playing deep to the pole side and just... Didn't have any play when he got to the ball. 1-2 coming. Bouncing ball in the middle of the field. Going to get through for a base hit. It was in a perfect spot, and that will score Tanner Allen to make it a 3-1 ball game. A stretch by Tristan Bartlow with the bases loaded and the pitch. Ground ball to short, and they get one, and Westberg gives it a flash cue, and the relay is in time, and they get the double play. A run comes home. It's 3-2. A runner goes to third, but that's just what the doctor ordered. And Fetterman's pitch. And he lines it into center field. That will score one. They're going to try to score another. Here comes a throw towards the plate and the slide, and he is safe. The catcher had to come up the line. And Jake Mangum from second base, they took a bit of a chance. Here's the pitch. And there's a high fly ball deep in the outfield. Mangum looks like he's going to get there. He reaches up. He's got it. And the Bulldogs are going to play here again next weekend. And that was the final call. Jim Ellis on the call from Learfield IMG College on those uh, radio highlights. State wins 5-2, to two, eliminates Miami, and they'll move on. You think Jim loves his job? He oh, sounds yes. Like <laughs> Ain't no doubt about it. Well, he's been doing it 42 years. Wait, I'm sorry, 41. This is his 41st season in the booth calling the games. you got to love it if you do it that long, right? Yeah. Because I just imagine he's not that animated – in everyday conversation. Oh, no, no. He seems like kind of a quiet, reserved kind of fellow. You know, and I'm just telling you, too. Um, you know, Roger, okay, let's get technical here. They use a what is called a shotgun mic for the crowd noise. Yeah. You know, and so it's sticking basically out of the broadcast booth. Well, if you're listening to this and you're like, Matt just said shotgun mic. I don't even know what the heck that is. Well, it's a type of microphone that it only picks up sound coming in into the very end of it in a very narrow field out there in front of that microphone that it's picking up. It's kind of got a long uh, tube kind of thing on it to kind right. of focus the sound in. So it's focusing Looks on like what a is... Di- yeah, that's right. And it's focusing on what is directly in front of it. And so it's only kind of picking up those fans in that narrow, um, um, I don't know what you'd call it, kind of alleyway field. right in front of it, field in front of it. As opposed to the omnidirectional. Exactly. Mics. Because if you had omnidirectional, it's picking up basically the whole sound coming in from every direction. It's almost going to be um, overbearing on the radio because it is so loud. And it was so loud. 
And so a lot of it is, you know, as announcers, we always kind of react to the crowd. We can't help it. So as things get louder around us, we get louder. And it should be that way. Um, so I'm sure that's part of it also for him. Here's what it sounded like on the radio for David Kellum on the Ole Miss highlights from Learfield IMG College. The full count to Dillard. Swung on, hit high in the air, right center. Does it have enough legs? A towering shot to the wall. Grand slam! Thomas Dillard. Beverage showers in right. And the Rebels add four more. Hoagland kicks, fires the pitch. Strike three there. He fired a fastball on the inner edge. Got him looking. That'll end the inning. Third strikeout. Brewster delivers. Swung on, threw him a breaking ball, hits a rocket to the right field. Robinson goes back, and that was going to be off the wall. The run will score. Dillard's going to motor to second as the left-handed Robinson picks it up and fires it to second base. Thomas Dillard with an RBI double. He has six ribbies in the game. Jopi ready his full count pitch to Frederick. Rolls it toward the second baseman bench. He's going to flip to second for one. Now to first. Double play. Got it, but a few seconds too late. <laughs> and there's a dog pile for the Rebels. In front of the in front of the mound, Raymond's going to be out there too. Raymond's there he going to is. do another one. There right he there. is. There's old Raymond. We didn't get the full dog pile. We got the standing pile. Standing pile. And the Rebels have won the 2019 Oxford Regional. That's what it sounded like. Long way to go with you today on a Monday. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back. I had an interesting experience with a set of tires this weekend. Not a big deal. I'm still going to tell you about it. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Hey, you want to be a part of the show? I'd love for you to be. So give me a call on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment, Madison and Jackson, your Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. means they've been doing it better, longer than anybody. At Divini, right here at home, Madison and Jackson. So the number to call me on the Divini phone is 995-1059. Give me a shout, eh? 995-1059. That's a 601 area code. You could also text. A lot of folks have texted. I'm going to get to those now. The text line is 885 espn 885 ESPN 601 number 885 3776 Jay in Baltimore Jay is from Clinton he listens online in Baltimore Maryland He says it's easy for all of us to expect perfection from this baseball team cuz they're truly that talented but that's just not fair or realistic talking about state but outside of just a few uncomfortable moments, it was an outstanding weekend for the Diamond Dogs, holding 
Central Michigan and Miami to two runs apiece was impressive, especially given what the Canes did in their two previous wins. That's right. They can swing it. You know, they had a guy who hit 24, 25 home runs this year. He said, and everyone can breathe again because Jake Mangum is back. He had three hits last night. And then he wants to know my thoughts on JT Ginn's early departure. Well, I, I do think it's highly unusual that you'd have a – it's just not typical at all that a starting pitcher twice in the same season has to leave early in one of his starts with something that is, you know, some soreness, a soreness issue, but it's nothing – you know, we're told that it's nothing major. Uh, thanks for the text, Jay. Will texted the show and said, have you heard anything about JT Ginn's arm? If it turns out to be nothing more than arm soreness, what do you think about him pitching in the Super Regionals? Will he require extra rest? See, again, it's hard to really know for sure, Will, if you're out here on the streets, on the outside, we're not in the clubhouse, locker room, offices. We don't really know for sure what the trainers are saying and all that kind of stuff. It looks like if it's... You know, similar to what happened to him, the same kind of soreness that kept him out a little while in the middle of the year when they went up to Tennessee, then I wouldn't expect him to pitch this coming weekend because didn't he miss a start altogether, letting that soreness go away the first time? Again, if it's the same thing as a tricep soreness thing, something about the way he pitches or whatever, well, it seems like he missed a weekend there. And but still, you feel pretty good about it, right? Like if you you got to win two out of three, and you're either gonna have you're either gonna have Ethan Small and then Peyton Plumley, who's been really good in two of your three games, or you're going to have Ethan Small, Peyton Plumley, and JT Ginn. But I would say, Will, I'll be very surprised. I will be. I'll be very surprised if it's not, you know, again, if he is going to pitch, if he's not ready to pitch in the third game if you need him for a third game. But we'll see what happens between now and then. Uh, Rebel Greg texts the show. We were playing that song earlier. You know, Bobby Gentry, Billy Joe McAllister jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge. And he said it sounds like that song, Harper Valley PTA. That's a great song. We'll see. I think that storytelling narrative style. Yes. Oh, who sang this one? This was Jenny C. Riley. That's what oh, I was okay. Yeah, it's like a it's a song in story form. Yeah. Jenny C. Riley. Where's she from? Got in trouble wearing them short skirts. <laughs> She's from Texas. Yeah, she and Bobby Gentry, who's from Mississippi, are about the same age. They're both in their early 70s. So they're born at the same time and came up singing the same kind of music. Yeah. So there you go. She's from Texas. It is very similar. And a boy, Roger. Uh, here's a text from somebody in South Haven says tired, but super happy dog here in South Haven. Hail state. <laughs> yeah. If you stayed there for all of that one last night and then drove back to South Haven, 
uh, you were up pretty late. That is for sure. And then a question here uh, from San Antonio Jeremy says, how long is the offseason for teams like Bama? It seems like we are constantly following winning programs from year to year. Um, thanks for the text. I'm not really sure exactly what that is uh, um, in relation to, but thanks for the text anyway. Hey, uh, I am continuing with you this countdown of 100 teams in 100 days, college football countdown. Now, today's Monday, and it's day number 89. But I got two teams today because we, we missed a day. Yesterday was Sunday. We weren't on the air. So let's do it now. 100 teams. Let's go. So yesterday, 90 days until August the 31st. And team number 90 on the countdown. We'll do 89 later in the show. Team number 90 would have been and is from way out west, San Diego State. The Aztecs of San Diego State. Here's their fight song. Thoughts? Opinions? Not bad. It's kind of peppy. Bum, bum, ba. Yep. Oh, now they're spelling it out. I like this. All right, so team number 90, countdown of 100 teams, 100 days, San Diego State. Last year, they lost their season opener at Stanford, 31-10, to and then reeled off six wins in a row over Sacramento State. Upset 23rd-ranked Arizona State, 28-21. Beat Eastern Michigan in overtime. Won at Boise State. Tough place to win on the blue turf, 19-13. Then they beat Air Force and San Jose State. So, San Diego State, 6-1 and one to begin the season last year. And then it all fell apart. They lost five of their next six ballgames. Lost at Nevada by four points, 28-24. Beat New Mexico on the road, but then lost their last four games. Listen to these close losses. As I told you, they lost five of the last six. 28-24 loss at Nevada. 27-24 loss at UNLV. Nine-point loss at Fresno. One-point overtime loss to Hawaii. And then played in a bowl game against the Ohio Bobcats. Got run out of the stadium. 27 zip. So it was an up and down year for them. That's a little bit about San Diego State. I bet if you listen to this show, you already know who I consider the most famous alumnus or alumni. Alumni? Alumnus? Of San Diego State University. It's not Marshall Falk the NFL Hall of Famer. It's not Steven Strasburg, starting pitcher for the Nationals. It's emphatically Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn, the late, great Tony Gwynn Hall of Famer, the greatest hitter in baseball in my lifetime. He was an All-American point guard on the basketball team at San Diego State and obviously a great baseball player. Actor Gregory Peck, a San Diego State alum. 
Kawhi Leonard in the NBA, San Diego State. They got a bunch of them. All right. What did they say after the win last night in Oxford? I'll let you hear from Bianco coming up next here on the show in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Man, doing a radio show in the social media age is great because you get information so quickly. You get it so fast. Like a while ago, I threw out there, I don't know what the makeup is of the Omaha bracket. I don't know how this all works. We'll figure that out later. And then, boom. Roger Kudzu Dog tweeted it to me right there on my Twitter feed, at Radio Wyatt. Look at that. It's like I ask for it, and boom, there it is. It's like rubbing a lamp, genie pops out. What do you want? Boom. Poof. <laughs> and there it is. Um, so the bracket is this. State, if they can advance past whomever, we don't know yet, and get to Omaha, they would match up with, in the first game out there, the winner of the North Carolina versus Auburn Super Regional. So it'll be one of those two teams. State played North Carolina some last year in the College World Series. Of course, they played Auburn in the regular season, won two out of three back into that series. But So if State could advance to Omaha, they'd face North Carolina or Auburn. They are on the same side of the bracket as Vanderbilt, for that matter. On the other side of the bracket, and the as the Super Regionals relate to Omaha, if Ole Miss could advance past Arkansas to go to Omaha to the College World Series, if Ole Miss could do it, they are over there with LSU, Florida State. That's the Super Regional in Baton Rouge. So... Whoever comes out of Fayetteville will face in Omaha whoever comes out of Baton Rouge, and they're on the other side. State, for instance, if they advance to Omaha, wouldn't face an Arkansas, Ole Miss, or LSU, something like that, until the championship because of the two different sides of the bracket. So, hope I did that a uh, little bit of, of justice. Tried to. Mike Bianco has his team in a position. They were supposed to be here last year, right? They were a national seed at home hosting a regional in Tennessee Tech, went in there and won that regional in Oxford. Now Ole Miss is in the Super Regional this year, a year later, when at one point, about a month ago, they sure didn't look like a team that was hot enough to do it. But here they are. Now it is on the road for a Super, but it's a place that they've won twice in the last three years, Fayetteville that is. Nobody else has won a series up there at all. They've won two. They've had a lot of success in Fayetteville. That's where they have to go. This is the Ole Miss press conference after last night's win over Jacksonville State, which will propel Bianco and company into the Super Regional. You're going to hear from Mike Bianco and one of the players, mainly Thomas Dillard. You know, really proud, you know, of the team and – 
many of you sitting here know the story and you know a couple weeks ago you know we were we were at a you know as some of my sons say you know a dark place and uh, uh it was tough you know, and uh, you know the guys uh, last week in, in hoover you know found themselves and um you know and you know, came out on the other side and, uh, you know, played great baseball there and I think gave us, you know, a lot. Hey, and let me just say for the record, that's not me breathing into the microphone here or Roger. Those are several microphones in front of several people in one press conference. Just wanted to point that out. A lot of momentum, you know, coming in here. And uh, we just played really well this weekend. I mean, that's, you know, that's it in a nutshell, you know, in all phases from pitching to defense. I, I don't think we made an error the entire weekend. I think we, in three games, gave, gave up, you know, maybe seven, eight runs. Uh, and of course, you know, scored a, a ton of runs and just, you know, just proud, you know, the way, you know, our guys competed. Uh, another thing that I want to make sure that I say is uh, just uh, so proud and thankful you know that that I'm part of a program where uh, the fan base is just—it's uh, amazing. You know, for for these guys uh, to be able to play in front of thirty thousand people you know, over three games—it's—it's—it's it's, it's really neat. Um, you know, just a great, great environment. And then lastly, uh, you know, to an administration you know that cares about baseball. You know that. Uh, uh, not only with facilities gives us every opportunity to succeed, uh, but for events like this, you know, it, it takes a lot of people. You know, no, nobody puts on a regional uh, better than than Ole Miss, and that's because the uh, the administration, you know, cares, and it and it trickles down from from them, you know, to the ticket takers, the people working the parking lots. I mean, it's just a it's a first class event. So I'm just thankful uh, for everybody that uh, made this weekend happen. Questions for both players. Y'all haven't been to a Super Regional, and last year was tough to be going there now. Uh, what's the feeling for y'all and, and the excitement level? Yeah, I mean, you know, just really proud of the team, how we played this weekend. Um, you know, we came out and took care of business, and I think we played about as well as we could, uh, pitching, defense, and hitting, like Coach B said. But, uh, you know, I mean, I remember sitting at the table last year after we lost to Tennessee Tech, same spot. Um, not really a good feeling, really dark feeling, uh, knowing that everybody's going to leave, you know, go to summer ball, get drafted, everything. Uh, you know, it's a great feeling knowing that we got another another weekend versus uh, Arkansas. It's going to be a fun series, and um, I'm proud of the boys and excited to see what's coming. Yeah, I know we talked about this a good bit over the last week. Is it kind of nice to put those Tennessee Tech conversations behind a little vindication? Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's a little bit of redemption now after it, but you know, going into it, we didn't really use it that much. You know, it was last season, completely different team. But uh, for the guys like me and Cooper, some other guys that played last year and saw how it, how it felt, you know, we didn't want to feel that way again. Um, so after it, after the regional, you know, it's definitely a good feeling, you know, thinking back on that. But again, just really proud of how we fought this weekend and really proud of our team. Mike, as far as preparation this week, it's a familiar opponent. Uh, what's the schedule like and, and how do you get ready to hit it? I think uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit you know with the staff you know here in a few minutes but um, uh, one we'll find out what they were playing if it's you know Friday Saturday I don't think you guys know right it's announced tomorrow 
likely to take tomorrow off, just get in the weight room. Uh, maybe, you know, some guys that didn't throw because we threw so well. There's some guys that, you know, didn't touch the mound. Uh, make sure those guys are in line for, for next week. Uh, and then it just depends on, you know, what day we play. But, you know, physically, I think that the, the best thing you can do at this time of year is just to make sure that, you know, you're, you're full energy and, uh, you know, the guys feel, feel good. And, uh, and so we'll, we'll make sure that, you know, we'll practice, but nothing too taxing this week. You mentioned the dark place. Did you alter your message to the team? I mean, was there any, anything that was kind of a, a you know, I, I may, you know, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, you know, I, uh, you know, you try as a coach and, you know, the proverbial, you try to press the right buttons and uh, it seems like I pressed the wrong button for, for, for a long time. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, we won that game, that Sunday game at Tennessee, or I guess the Saturday game, the final game. Uh, but I don't think that was it. We got to Hoover and uh, we pitched well. We were in some uh, some close games and we were able to get a, you know, a couple key hits. But somewhere along the line, you know, somewhere in, at Hoover, you could tell there was a little different feeling in the dugout. And uh, it wasn't like all of a sudden you exploded and scored 18 runs, but there was a there was a different feeling, and um, and that's what makes this you know, game. So difficult, but yet so great, you know, to where, um, you know, gosh, you can feel so bad, and then all of a sudden you can feel so good. And, uh, and again, I'm proud that, you know, because I've seen it, you know, and, and it's happened here, you know, where you don't get, you don't get out of that dark place. And, you know, next thing you know, the season ends, and you, you wonder what the heck happened. Um, but that's why I'm proud of these guys for, for hanging in there. So that's uh, the post-game press conference last night. Provided by the school and the NCAA. Uh, you can watch the whole thing if you want. Ole Miss, has, Ole Miss Sports has a YouTube channel. They post that there, and that's just a portion of it. So if you're a fan you want to go watch all of it, you can. Uh, coming up later in the show, we'll hear what Jake Mangum and Chris Lamonis and Rowdy Jordan, the regional MVP, what he said after last night's win that um, Sin State moving on to. Phone line is open to you. You want to be a part of the show. Today's a good day. Kind of a reaction Monday. So hit me up on the Divinity phone, 601-995-1059. Hit me up, 995-1059. On the text line, Chad says, Matt, that win last night over Miami was a great win for State. That Miami team is super talented and young. They have some studs on that team. They're going to be something to deal with in the ACC next year. Chad, I totally agree. You know, Miami had zero upperclassmen in their lineup last night. Their shortstop, who had a big hit or two in that game, he is uh, a really talented player. Like you said, they had a young guy who hit 24, 25 home runs. I think they hit six home runs in that game uh, Sunday, early Sunday when they eliminated Central Michigan. I think they're going to be good. I think Miami certainly is on the way back up. They're going to be good next year. You get an older team. Just look at State. You know, older guys just have so much better of a chance of overachieving as opposed to underachieving. Jonathan Texas show. He said, "Hey, Matt, uh, I've been out of touch for the last seven to ten days. Can you get me caught up? Did Ole Miss end up running that coach out of town that had just been around too long and couldn't get them what they deserve?" <laughs> There's your text of the day, right there. And he sent me the little eye roll emoji. boy, Jonathan, you are the text of the day so far. 
idiots. Let's give it to Mike Bianco. We lost a few games. Wah, wah, wah. Go be a dummy <laughs> somewhere else. I agree, Jonathan. Good text. Hour two coming up. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 